0: book seven canto six of the fairy queen by edmund Spenser. this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by thomas copeland two cantos of mutability which for form and matter appear to be parcel of some following book of the fairy queen under the legend of constancy never before imprinted canto six proud change not pleased in mortal things beneath the moon to reign pretends as well of gods as men to be the sovereign. What man that sees the ever-whirling wheel of change the which all mortal things doth sway, but that thereby doth find and plainly feel how mutability in them doth play her cruel sports to many men's decay, which that to all may better yet appear, I will rehearse that while whom I heard say how she at first herself began to rear against all the gods, "'and empire sought from them to bear. "'But first, here falleth fittest to unfold "'her antique race and lineage ancient, "'as I have found it registered of old in fairyland amongst records permanent. "'She was, to Wheat, a daughter by descent "'of those old titans that did whilom strive "'with Saturn's son for heaven's regiment, "'whom though high Jove of kingdom did deprive, "'yet many of their stem long after did survive.' and many of them afterwards obtained great power of Jove and high authority, as Hecate, in whose almighty hand he placed all rule and principality to be by her disposed diversely, to gods and men, as she them list divide, and Drad Bellona, that doth sound on high wars and alarums unto nations wide, that makes both heaven and earth to tremble at her pride. So likewise did this titaness aspire, rule and dominion to herself to gain, that as a goddess men might her admire, and heavenly honours yield as to them twain. At first on earth she sought it to obtain, where she such proof and sad examples shewed of her great power to many one's great pain, that not men only whom she soon subdued, but eke all other creatures her bad doings rude. For she the face of earthly things so changed that all which nature had established first in good estate AND IN MEET ORDER RANGED, SHE DID PERVERT, AND ALL THEIR STATUTES BURST, AND ALL THE WORLD'S FAIR FRAME, WHICH NONE YET DURST OF GODS OR MEN TO ALTER OR MISGUIDE, SHE ALTERED QUITE, AND MADE THEM ALL accursed THAT GOD HAD BLESSED, AND DID AT FIRST PROVIDE IN THAT STILL HAPPY STATE FOR EVER TO ABIDE. Nay SHE THE LAWS OF NATURE ONLY BREAK, BUT eke OF JUSTICE AND OF POLICY, AND WRONG OF RIGHT AND BAD OF GOOD DID MAKE, and death for life exchanged foolishly, since which all living whites have learned to die, and all this world is waxen daily worse. O oh, piteous work of mutability, by which we all are subject to that curse, and death instead of life have succored from our nurse. And now, when all the earth she thus had brought to her behest and thralled to her might, she gan to cast in her ambitious thought that tempt the empire of the heaven's height, and Jove himself to shoulder from his right. And first she passed the region of the air and of the fire, whose substance thin and slight made no resistance, nay could her contraire, but ready passage to her pleasure did prepare. Thence to the circle of the moon she claim, where Cynthia reigns in everlasting glory, to whose bright shining palace straight she came, all fairly decked with heaven's goodly story, whose silver gates, by which their Satan hoary old aged sire with hourglass in hand hight time, she entered, were he leaf or sorry, ne stayed till she the highest stage had scanned where Cynthia did sit that never still did stand. Her, sitting on an ivory throne, she found, drawn of two steeds, one black, the other white, environed with ten thousand stars around that duly her attended day and night, and by her side there ran her page, that height vesper, whom we the evening star intend, that with his torch, still twinkling like twilight, her lightened all the way where she should wend, and joy to weary wandering travellers did lend. That when the hardy Titaness beheld the goodly building of her palace bright, made of the heaven substance, and upheld with thousand crystal pillars of huge height, she gan to burn in her ambitious sprite, and tenvy her that in such glory reigned. Eftsoons she cast by force and tortious might her to displace, and to herself to have gained the kingdom of the night, and waters by her wane. Boldly she bid the goddess down descend, and let herself into that ivory throne, for she herself more worthy thereof wend, and better able it to guide alone. Whether to men, whose fall she did bemoan, or unto gods, whose state she did malign, or to the infernal powers, her need give loan of her fair light and bounty most benign, herself of all that rule she deemed most condign. But she that had to her that sovereign seat by highest Jove assigned, therein to bear night's burning lamp, regarded not her threat, but yielded aught for favour or for fear, but with stern countenance and disdainful cheer bending her horned brows did put her back, and boldly blaming her for coming there bade her at once from heaven's coast to pack, or at her peril bide the wrathful thunder's rack. Yet gnaw the more the giantess forbear, but boldly pressing on wrought forth her hand to pluck her down perforce from off her chair, and therewith lifting up her golden wand, threatened to strike her if she did withstand. Whereat the stars, which round about her blazed, and eke the moon's bright wagon, still did stand, all being with so bold attempt amazed, and on her uncouth habit and stern look still gazed. Meanwhile, the lower world, which nothing knew of all that chanced here, was darkened quite and eek the heavens, and all the heavenly crew of happy wights, now unpervade of light, were much afraid, and wondered at that sight, fearing lest chaos broken had his chain, and brought again on them eternal night. But chiefly Mercury, that next doth reign, ran forth in haste unto the king of gods to plain. All ran together with a great outcry to Jove's fair palace fixed in heaven's height, and beating at his gates full earnestly, Gan called to him aloud with all their might to know what meant that sudden lack of light. The father of the gods, when this he heard, was troubled much at their so strange affright, doubting lest Typhon were again upreared, or other his old foes that once him sorely feared. Eftsoons the son of Mea, forth he sent down to the circle of the moon to know the cause of this so strange astonishment, and why she did her wonted course for slow, and if that any were on earth below that did with charms or magic her molest, him to attach, and down to hell to throw. But if from heaven it were, then to arrest the author, and him bring before his presence pressed. The wing god so fast his plumes did beat, that soon he came, whereas the titaness was striving with fair Cynthia for her seat, at whose strange sight and haughty hardiness he wondered much, and feared her no less. Yet... Laying fear aside to do his charge, at last he bade her, with bold steadfastness, Cease to molest the moon to walk at large, or come before high Jove, her doings to discharge. And therewithal he on her shoulder laid his snaky-wreathed mace, Whose awful power doth make both gods and hellish fiends afraid. Whereat the titanus did sternly lower, and stoutly answered, that in evil hour he from his Jove such message to her brought, to bid her leave fair Cynthia's silver bower, sith she his Jove and him esteemed not, no more than Cynthia's self, but all their kingdom sought. The heavens herald state not to reply, but passed away his doings to relate unto his Lord, who now in highest sky was placed in his principal estate, with all the gods about him congregate, to whom, when Hermes had his message told, it did them all exceedingly a mate, save Jove, who, changing not his countenance bold, did unto them at length these speeches wise unfold. Hearken to me awhile, ye heavenly powers. Ye may remember since the earth's cursed seed sought to assail the heaven's eternal towers, and to us all exceeding fear did breed. But, How we then defeated all their deed, ye all do know, and them destroyed quite. Yet not so quite, but that there did succeed an offspring of their blood, which did alight upon the fruitful earth, which doth us yet despite. Of that bad seed is this bold woman bred, that now with bold presumption doth aspire to thrust fair Phoebe from her silver bed, and eke ourselves from heaven's high empire if that her might were matched to her desire. Wherefore, it now behooves us to advise what way is best to drive her to retire, whether by open force or counsel wise, a read, ye sons of God, as best ye can devise. So having said, he ceased, and with his brow, his black eyebrow, whose doomful dreaded beck is wont to wield the world unto his vow, and even the highest powers of heaven to check, made sign to them in their degrees to speak, who straight gan cast their counsel grave and wise. Meanwhile, Earth's daughter, though she not did wreck of Hermes' message, yet gan now advise what course were best to take in this hot, bold emprise. Yet she thus resolved, that whilst the gods, after return of Hermes' embassy, were troubled, and amongst themselves at odds, before they could new counsels re-ally to set upon them in that ecstasy, and take what fortune time and place would lend. So forth she rose, and through the purest sky to Jove's high palace straight cast to ascend to prosecute her plot. Good onset bodes good end. She there arriving, boldly in did pass, where all the gods she found in council close, all quite unarmed, as then their manner was. At sight of her, they sudden all arose in great amaze, ne wist what way to chose. But Jove, all fearless, forced them to abide, and in his sovereign throne gan straight dispose himself more full of grace and majesty, that mote and cheer his friends and foes mote terrify. That, when the haughty Titaness beheld, all were she fraught with pride and impudence, yet with the sight thereof was almost quelled and inly quaking seemed as reft of sense and void of speech in that dread audience, until that Jove himself, herself, bespake. Speak, thou frail woman, speak with confidence. Whence art thou, and what dost thou here now make? What idle errand hast thou earth's mansion to forsake? She, half confused with his great command, Yet, gathering spirit of her nature's pride, he boldly answered thus to his demand. I am a daughter by the mother's side, of her that is grandmother magnified of all the gods, great earth, great chaos child. But by the father's, be it not in vide, I greater am in blood, whereon I build, than all the gods, though wrongfully from heaven exiled. For Titan, as ye all acknowledge must, was Saturn's elder brother by birthright, both sons of Uranus. But by unjust and guileful means, through Corybantes' slight, the younger thrust the elder from his right, since which thou, Jove, injuriously hast held the heavens' rule from Titan's sons by might, and them to hellish dungeons down hast felled. Witness, ye heavens, the truth of all that I have told. Whilst thus spake, the gods that gave good ear to her bold words and marked well her grace, being of stature tall as any there of all the gods, and beautiful of face as any of the goddesses in place, stood all astonished like a sort of steers amongst whom some beast of strange and foreign race unwares is chanced far straying from his peers, so did their ghastly gaze bewray their hidden fears. Till, having paused a while, Jove thus bespake, Will never mortal thoughts cease to aspire In this bold sort to heaven claim to make, And touch celestial seats with earthly mire? I would have thought that bold Procrustes hire, Or typhons fall, or proud Ixion's pain, Or great Prometheus' tasting of our ire, would have sufficed the rest for to restrain, And warned all men by their example to refrain. But now this offscum of that cursed fry dared to renew the like bold enterprise, And challenge the heritage of this our sky, Whom what should hinder, but that we likewise should handle As the rest of her allies, and thunder drive to hell? With that he shook his nectar-dewed locks, with which the skies and all the world beneath For terror quook, And eft his burning leaven brand in hand he took. But when he looked on her lovely face, In which fair beams of beauty did appear, That could the greatest wrath soon turn to grace, Such sway doth beauty even in heaven bear, He stayed his hand, And having changed his cheer, He thus again in milder wise began. But ah! if god should strive with fresh a fear then shortly should the progeny of man be rooted out if jove should do still what he can but thee fair titan's child i rather ween through some vain error or inducement light to see that mortal eyes have never seen or through example of thy sister's might bellona whose great glory thou dost spite since thou hast seen her dreadful power below amongst wretched men dismayed with her affright to bandy crowns and kingdoms to bestow and sure thy worth no less than hers doth seem to show but what thou this thou hardy titanus that not the worth of any living white may challenge aught in heaven's interest much less the title of old titan's right for we by conquest of our sovereign might and by eternal doom of fate's decree, have won the empire of the heavens bright, which to ourselves we hold, and to whom we shall worthy deem partakers of our bliss to be. Then cease thy idle claim, thou foolish girl, and seek by grace and goodness to obtain that place from which by folly Titan fell. Thereto thou mayst perhaps, if so thou fain, have Jove thy gracious Lord and Sovereign. So having said she thus to him replied cease saturn's son to seek by proffers vain of idle hopes to lure me to thy side for to betray my right before i have it tried but thee o jove no equal judge i deem of my desert or of my dueful right that in thine own behalf mayst partial seem but to the highest him that is behight father of gods and men by equal might to wit the god of nature I appeal. Thereat Jove wexed wroth, and in his sprite did inly grudge, yet did it well conceal, and bade Dan scribe her appellation seal. Eftsoons the time and place appointed were where all, both heavenly powers and earthly wights, before great nature's presence should appear, for trial of their titles and best rights. That was to wait upon the highest heights of Arlo Hill. Who knows not Arlo Hill? That is the highest head in all men's sights of my old father Mole, whom shepherd's quill renowned hath with hymns fit for a rural skill. And were it not ill fitting for this file to sing of hills and woods mongst wars and knights, I would abate the sternness of my style mongst these stern sounds to mingle soft delights and tell how Arlo through diana's spites being of old the best and fairest hill that was in all this holy highland's heights was made the most unpleasant and most ill meanwhile o clio lend calliope thy quill while home when ireland flourished in fame of wealth's and goodness far above the rest of all that bear the british island's name the gods then used for pleasure and for rest oft to resort thereto when seemed them best but none of all therein more pleasure found than cynthia that his sovereign queen professed of woods and forests which therein abound sprinkled with wholesome waters more than most on ground but amongst them all as fittest for her game either for chase of beasts with hound or bow or for to shroud in shade from Phoebus' flame, or bathe in fountains that do freshly flow, or from high hills, or from the dales below, she chose this Arlo, where she did resort with all her nymphs and ranged on a row, with whom the woody gods did oft consort. For with the nymphs the satyrs loved to play and sport. Amongst the which there was a nymph that hight Molana, daughter of old father Mole, and sister unto Mulla, fair and bright, under whose bed false Bregog whilom stole that shepherd Colin dearly did condole, and made her luckless loves well known to be. But this Molana, were she not so shoal, were no less fair and beautiful than she. Yet as she is, a fairer flood may no man see. For first she springs out of two marble rocks, on which a grove of oaks high mounted grows, That as a girland seems to deck the locks of some fair bride, brought forth with pompous shows out of her bower, that many flowers strows, so through the flowery dales she tumbling down through many woods and shady coverts flows, That on each side her silver channel crown, Till to the plain she come, whose valleys she doth drown. In her sweet streams Diana used oft, after her sweaty chase and toilsome play, to bathe herself, and after, on the soft and downy grass, her dainty limbs to lay in covert shade, where none behold her may. For much she hated sight of living eye. Foolish god Faunus, though full many a day he saw her clad, yet long it foolishly to see her naked amongst her nymphs in privity. No way he found to compass his desire but to corrupt Molana, this her maid, her to discover for some secret hire. So her with flattering words he first essayed, and after, pleasing gifts for her pervade, queen apples and red cherries from the tree, with which he her allured and betrayed, to tell what time he might her lady see when she herself did bathe, that he might secret be. Thereto he promised, if she would him pleasure, with this small boon, to quit her with a better. To wheat, that whereas she had out of measure long loved the fanchon who by naught did set her, that he would undertake for this to get her to be his love, and of him like it well. Besides all which, he vowed to be her debtor for many more good turns than he would tell, the least of which this little pleasure should excel." The simple maid did yield to him anon, and eft him placed where he close might view, that never any saw save only one, who for his hire, to so foolhardy view, was of his hounds devoured in hunter's hue. Though as her manner was on sunny day, Diana with her nymphs about her, drew to this sweet spring, where doffing her array she bathed her lovely limbs, for Jove a likely prey. There Faunus saw that pleased much his eye, and made his heart to tickle in his breast. That for great joy of somewhat he did spy, he could him not contain in silent rest, but breaking forth in laughter, loud professed his foolish thought. O foolish Faun, indeed, that couldst not hold thyself so hidden blest, but wouldst needs thine own conceit a reed, babblers unworthy been of so divine a meed, The goddess, all abashed with that noise, in haste forth-started from the guilty brook, and running straight whereas she heard his voice, enclosed the bush about, and there him took like dared lark, not daring up to look on her whose sight before so much he sought. Thenceforth they drew him by the horns, and shook nigh all to pieces that they left him not and then into the open light they forth him brought like as an hussif that with busy care thinks of her dairy to make wondrous gain finding whereas some wicked beast unware that breaks into her dare house there doth drain her creaming pans and frustrate all her pain hath in some snare or gin set close behind and trap at him and caught into her train then thinks what punishment were best assigned and thousand deaths deviseth in her vengeful mind so did diana and her maidens all use silly faunus now within their bale they mock and scorn him and him foul miscall some by the nose him plucked some by the tail and by his goatish beard some did him hail yet he poor soul with patience all did bear for not against their wills might countervail. Neotis said whatever he did hear, but hanging down his head did like a mome appear. At length, when they had flouted him their fill, they gan to cast what penance him to give. Some would have gelt him, but that same would spill the wood-god's breed, which must for ever live. Others would through the river him have drive, and duck it deep, but that seemed penance light but most agreed, and did this sentence give, him in deer's skin to clad, and in that plight to hunt him with their hounds, himself save how he might. But Cynthia's self, more angry than the rest, thought not enough to punish him in sport, and of her shame to make a gamesome jest, but gan examine him in straighter sort, which of her nymphs or other close consort him thither brought, and her to him betrayed. He, much afeard, to her confessed short, that twas Molana which her so berayed. Then all at once her hands upon Molana laid. But him, according as they had decreed, with a deer's skin they covered, and then chased with all their hounds, that after him did speed. But he, more speedy, from them fled more fast than any deer, so sore him dread aghast they after followed all with shrill outcry shouting as they the heavens would have brassed, that all the woods and dales where he did fly did bring again, and loud re-echo to the sky. So they him followed till they weary were, when, back returning to Molan again, they, by commandment of Diana, there her whelmed with stones. Yet Faunus, for her pain, of her beloved fansion did obtain that her he would receive unto his bed. So now her waves passed through a pleasant plain, till with the Fanchon she herself do wed, and, both combined, themselves in one fair river spread. Now less Diana, full of indignation, thenceforth abandoned her delicious brook, in whose sweet stream before that bad occasion so much delight to bathe her limb she took. Nay, only her, but also quite forsook all those fair forests about Arlo hid. And all that mountain which doth overlook The richest champagne that may else be rid And the fair shore in which are thousand salmons bred Them all and all that she so dear did weigh Thenceforth she left And parting from the place Thereon an heavy hapless curse did lay To wheat that wolves where she was wont to space Should harboured be And all those woods deface And thieves should rob and spoil that coast around Since which those woods, and all that goodly chase, doth to this day with wolves and thieves abound, which too, too true, that land's indwellers since have found. End of Canto 6 Recording by Thomas Copeland